up, everyone? Welcome to the same Post Sports History for October 11th, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Coming at you earlier today due to a doctor's appointment for my son down at CHOP. But another quick housekeeping note. Due to the Phillies game and just the timing of everything, there will be a new Back to the Future this week. I just don't know when it's going to be up. And what I'm going to have time to record. So it might not be till Friday or Saturday. Uh, I have it planned out. It's just a matter of finding the time to actually record it. Uh, obviously, I don't want to miss the Phillies game to record. Um, and since I do have a day job, it makes it tough too. So just wanted to keep you updated. I'll hopefully know more tomorrow about the timing of the being when I'll be able to record, but keeping with our Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame theme, going to take a look back at Jimmy Rollins and Dick Allen and examine their Hall of Fame cases, much like we did with Randall and Donovan a few weeks ago. Uh, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, be sure to check out our interview with Ken Avalon. If you haven't done so already, the president and co-founder of the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame as we lead up into the induction on November 2nd. Super, super excited to be attending that. Not really sure what to expect, how I'm going to be able to fit that into the podcast. But afterwards, hopefully meeting and greeting and mingling with some of the best to ever do it in Philly. It's just, first of all, it's like I'm going to be in there like a fan. Like, obviously, I'm going to try to be as objective as possible. But obviously, I'll be fanning out. So, Excited to do that. So check out that interview with Ken. Uh, talks a lot about the history of the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. And then we start going into this induction class as well. Before we get into the Phillies, another thing uh, I wanted to mention is I had an idea after I was finished recording yesterday while I was editing. And I'm not sure it went the way I expected. And that was just an idea popped in my head about just the way the Phillies game ended. I'm like, oh, we work a lot with Philly Goat. So I'm like, oh, let's do the Philly Goat goat of the game. But it kind of was a little confusing with uh, the way Goat was being used. Um, obviously, Philly Goat, we talk about them being the greatest sport, the Goat of Philly sports apparel in a positive way. In this way, it was a negative way. So... Uh, be willing to admit when things don't work out. So kind of did not necessarily work out. And again, it was spur of the moment idea. So we might be doing more things like that, but I'll make sure I explain it better. Um, but like I had mentioned before, I'm working on a couple things on the in the background, and it, it's been tough. I've been very busy between work and the kids, so it's a slower process than what I expected. But just trying to increase and, and improve some of the interaction. So. Just stay tuned and be patient. I appreciate uh, all, all you guys do for me. So like and subscribe. Just keep listening. I do appreciate it. Now, going to the Phillies and the GOAT of the game, probably not a good sponsor, phillygoat.com. Uh, everybody said it was, a, it was a tie between Trey Turner and uh, Jeff Hoffman. And I, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, but they are back in action tonight with that series tied one game apiece. As I mentioned yesterday... This is what we wanted coming home. Now, this is a very, very key, important game, though, with the way the the uh, rotations are set up, the fact that it's obviously the, the swing game in the series. Uh, we have Aaron Ola on the mound, and that's what, the way Rob Thompson wanted it set up. I feel very confident and good. We need to see playoff NOLA today. The Braves are likely going to start 20-year-old A.J. smith Shaver. 
who uh, is a highly touted prospect, but he's 20 years old. Obviously, no postseason experience coming into Citizens Bank Park. Uh, they have not officially announced it yet. Um, and if they don't start him, it'll likely be Bryce Elder, who kind of faltered down the stretch. So I really, really like the position the Phillies are in. And, I mean, the series is over, obviously, if they don't win this game uh, with the Ranger Suarez game coming up likely tomorrow. Uh, the, the bullpen game, but I really, they, they got to jump on them early. Uh, and I, I know I was listening to Hugh and Joe yesterday um, when I went out to run an errand on my lunch, and they were talking about how amazing the crowd is going to be and the fact that we're due for Kyle Schwarber, uh, Schwarbaum. He almost hit one the other night. And they just say, like, game over if Nolan comes out, gets them out one, two, three, and then Kyle Schwarber leads off the bottom of the first with a home run. Um, so I'm not predicting it, but I would love to see it. Uh, so, again, I like where they are. I like the fact they start at five. It's kind of going to be, I don't know, early dinner, late dinner. I don't know what's going to happen. But um, luckily I have a meter thermometer I can throw my – chicken out on the grill and it'll let me know when it's done so i don't have to miss too much of the game uh but looking forward to the game huge 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 game and i really do think the phillies are going to win this this is sort of been this is the game that the entire postseason they've been setting up for uh the way the rotation and everything excuse me just like they were setting up certain things back in august for the, the, the playoffs, this game is what they started the postseason looking at. And it's played out exactly the way they wanted it. Uh, maybe they wanted to, to lose game one and have Zach Wheeler win the other night. doesn't matter how they got there. They're here. This is the same position we were in last year, coming home to Citizens Bank Park. I'm getting – I'm excited. It's only – it's 522 in the morning, so – don't want to wake everybody else up in my house yet when we don't have to. But very excited for this Phil's game. Good news on the Eagles front. Uh, Kobe Dean was designated for return. That means they has he can start practicing. They have 21 days to activate him off of the IL or IR. I'm not sure how long or how close he is to playing and whether he'll play Sunday against the Jets. But the, the Eagles are preparing for the Jets and this is one of those games, just like last week's game, that I don't, I'm not sure how to feel about it yet. And the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the regular season, but they, like it's another one of those games. Like on paper, there is no reason why the Eagles should have any issues with the Jets. The Jets have a decent defense, but our offense is far better than their defense, and they really should be able to to tee off on Zach Wilson, uh, who's played better, I guess, of recently. But I don't know. More on that as we get close. It's only Wednesday, so we have time to prepare for that. Be sure to check out. They drop new episodes every Thursday. My boys over at the Clashing Conferences podcast. It's an around-the-horn style take on the NFC East. I'm very excited to hear this week's episode with basically all the teams getting blown out except for the Eagles. Um, so it's another one of those. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see. Like they look, the other guys look so defeated last week. So we will see what happens with that. Uh, but I am working on some things with them as well. So stay tuned. Um, again, lots of things in the pipeline. It's just a matter of getting them done because I don't want to do what happened yesterday with the Philly goat and kind of throw it out there and not have it work.
Sixers in action tonight at home against the Celtics. Uh, preseason didn't hear, still haven't heard who's going to play, who's not going to play. I highly doubt we'll see James Harden just because of the the potential trades and, and things like that. But I will say, and nobody's come right out and say it. Uh, I, I think B-ball Paul came the closest. But just from hearing the way the guys talk and, and reading some of their comments and interviews, it does seem like there's a whole different vibe in the building without Doc Rivers. So I don't know what that means for on the court. Obviously, you have all the potential distractions with the James Harden thing, but it does seem like everybody's more upbeat. And there's, again, like a different vibe. Uh, B-Ball Paul even said, like, if I had shot threes last year, I wouldn't have played for 10 games. So I, I don't know if Nick Nurse, uh, one of these things he's known for is taking what the guys are good at and sort of maximizing that. So I don't know if guys feel more comfortable because they're they're being spotlighted in a way that makes them look better. But it's worth noting that that I've noticed over the past couple of days just some of the things that the players have been saying has basically indicated and, and kind of hinted at that they're they're feeling more comfortable and it's a whole different vibe in the building. Again, a lot's going to be determined on that James Harden trade, though. So, again, worth monitoring. We'll see what happens as we go. And I mentioned Philly Goat, and I just want to apologize for putting Philly Goat in a negative light. I did not mean to, uh, or I should have at least explained it better. But they are the Goat of Philly Sports Apparel. So go to check out Philly Goat. All your apparel needs, all the teams. Uh, They got hoodies, T-shirts, hats, stickers, even kids' baby clothes. So be sure to check them out. Get your Phillies gear. Get your Eagles gear. Gear up for the Flyers and Sixers. Flyers open up tomorrow. Uh, use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. They are the best. So go check them out. Support them. Support me. Support yourself. All right. Today, we're going to go back to 1959. And on this day in 1959, the Eagles had a game at <clears throat> excuse me, Franklin Field. Uh, and they finished that season seven and five, which was their first season, first winning season since 1953. Uh, they had gone two nine and one the year before, and this was with Norm Van Brocklin. They were on the verge of winning a championship, but today was a bittersweet day in Eagles history. They beat the Steelers at Franklin Field 28-24, um, but. NFL commissioner who was in attendance at the game, Burt Bell, died while watching the game on the sideline late in the game. Uh, They always had box seats for him when he came back, but he always chose to sit near the field and and be with the fans. But had a heart attack, uh, had heart problems in his life, but had a heart attack and died during this game. Uh, So that's why it was bittersweet. Now, Burt Bell was a Philly native. Uh, He was the founder and owner of the Eagles, so there was no Eagles without Burt Bell. That's why they always made sure, even when he was commissioner, he had uh, some some seats there. But he also, ironically enough, he died watching a game of a team that he coached, of two teams that he coached and was the owner of, because then he would actually – remember we talked about when the Eagles-Steelers kind of switched – teams and and like Burt Bell sold the Eagles to the guy from New York and he bought into half of the Steelers with Art Rooney so he coached and was an owner of both teams in this game Uh, but probably other I mean for us we we know him as the founder and first owner of the Eagles but he's probably should be more what everybody recognizes Pete Rozelle as the the commissioner that sort of 
took the NFL to the new level. And he did. But basically, he continued a lot of what Burt Bell had put into place. Like, Burt Bell really saved the NFL from collapsing and, and revolutionized it and really took it to where it was. Uh, helped keep the league afloat during World War II. A lot of the owners were saying, okay, we don't have enough teams. And he's like, no, we need to keep the teams. And that's ultimately what led to the Eagles and Steelers, the Steagles. Uh, the next year, the Steelers and the Cardinals going together. Um, and really just got them through World War II when there really wasn't too many players, um, or even coaches for that matter, that could could participate so help keep the league afloat during that time and then there were some financial times in the 50s um, that he did Uh, he created the nfl draft to kind of help get the young players in Uh, he introduced live tv which uh, ironically enough he's had the tv rights but he was also and you don't have this issue today but i remember as a kid there were times when games would get blacked out if there wasn't a certain amount of tickets sold. And that was because of Burt Bell, because he felt that uh, why would I put it for free on TV? That means people aren't going to come to the games and watch it. So the, the again, it's different now with blackout rules, but there was a time when, believe it or not, the Eagles would not even sell out. So there were Eagles home games that were blacked out when I was a kid. Um, and those teams were good, believe it or not. So all of that was a part of Burt Bell. So he kind of missed the, the, the boat on that. But he also was the first one to, to introduce t- putting the NFL on live TV like that. Uh, the most notable was the 1958 NFL championship game. Um, the Giants and the Colts and went into overtime. And overtime was something that Burt Bell introduced. He introduced the two-minute warning. Uh, I, I said he, he kept convinced the league to stay open in World War II because if he didn't, the league probably would have folded because there was a couple other rival Legs that were not quite as big that were ready to pounce. Um, and I mean, he even helped shovel the snow off the field at Franklin Field during the 1948 or before the 1948 NFL championship game when a blizzard happened. Uh, so just a, a bittersweet day, like I said, for the Eagles on this day back in 1959. They beat the Steelers 28 24, but NFL commissioner, former owner, and coach of both teams, Burt Bell, died on the sidelines of a heart attack. Um, And again, Pete Rozelle then took over as the commissioner after Burt Bell. And everybody kind of credits Rozelle, but Burt Bell sort of is like the the guy that really kept the NFL afloat. And it's one of those things I didn't necessarily know until researching for this podcast. So, on this day, Burt Bell, NFL commissioner, former owner of the Eagles and Steelers, as well as a coach, died on the sidelines during the Eagles-Steelers game. Um, and we are going to continue with our Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame theme for the month of October as we get ready for that induction ceremony in November. Burt Bell was one of the charter part of the charter induction class of the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame 20 years ago, so or 20 classes ago. So we are on the 20th induction class, and today uh, we've been talking a lot about the the inductees for this year, and we've talked about the the 20 for 20. Now that they have 20 sports, uh, and they're spotlighting the 20 best for the 20th anniversary. Well, one of the sports that they finally got to 20 on was horse racing. And today, we're going to spotlight 2023 inductee Anthony Tony Black. And he is the first first member 
of the horse racing wing to be inducted into Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. He went to Haddon Township High School, so he's from the area. Won his first race uh, ever at Liberty Bell Racetrack. He started in his career approximately over 34,000 races uh, and with earnings of 60, like stakes of $63 million. I uh, finished in the top three over 14,000 of those times. Uh, his first race was in 1970. His last was in two, 2019. So, I mean, he just did it and did it well for a long time. Won the final race at the old Garden State uh, Garden State Racetrack. Uh, 21st jockey in North American history with 5,000 wins. He won his 5,200th win on in 2013. On a horse, ironically enough, called Smart Tory, which was owned by his son, which is really, really cool. Uh, rode in 15 graded stakes. He founded the Philadelphia Park Jockeys Labor Union for Jockeys, so he's very instrumental in making sure that things were fair for the jockeys. He's the co-holder of the North American record for nine consecutive victories. Uh, he did it over two days at two different tracks, but still not, won nine straight races. Uh, could you imagine if you, you were a uh, horse racing better and just bet on tony black every time like put your kids through college at that point uh he's the president of the philadelphia park jockey association he's had 22 years in his career with 100 wins uh 24 of those years with over 1 million dollars in earnings and i mean at 63 million dollars he won for people like I, i would want him to ride my horse um, and I know how funny that just sounded me saying that, so we're just going to completely move on. Uh, he's the all-time winning jockey at Philadelphia Park Parks Racetrack, uh, and he's a charter member of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania's Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association Parks Hall of Fame. So he's it's long overdue for him to get in. And as we mentioned in the interview with Ken, there's just so many people that could fit into this category and fit into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame that they just got to they wait so it's incredible but one of the best to ever do it at philly park one of the best to ever do it ever one of the best to ever just be a jockey like some of his rankings he was like in the top 100 all time with wins and earnings and things like that uh so shout out to you anthony tony black looking forward to meeting you uh in a couple weeks but shout out to you and congratulations on being a 2023 inductee into the philadelphia sports hall of fame becoming the first jockey and charter member of the horse racing wing of that great museum if you want more information on other inductees um it was really cool because i went to make sure i thought ken said horse racing and auto racing were the two new ones this year Go to phillyhall.org. You can see the list of inductees. You can search by induction year. You can search by sport. Uh, Just very easy to navigate. Gives you the history of the hall. Go check it out. That's phillyhall.org. If you want more information on this year's class, the 20 for 20, and to buy tickets, go to philadelphiasportshalloffame.org. It's very laid out. That's where all the 20 for 20, if you want to go back and see something we've already talked about, see something we will be talking about check it out there but today shout out and congratulations to anthony tony black horse racing legend on your induction into the 2023 philadelphia sports hall of fame on this day another sports hall of fame philadelphia sports hall of famer passed away burt bell it back in 1959 during late in the game during late in a game between the eagles and steelers at Franklin Field, just a revolutionary commissioner, 
uh, very instrumental in the growth of the NFL. Uh, the Eagles did win that game 28-24. Be sure to check out phillygoat.com for all your Philly sports apparel needs. Good news on the Nicobe Dean front. Let's go. Let's see if we can make this 6-0. Sixers in action tonight. It's supposed to be another nice day before the rains and, and bad weather come in for their, uh, the re- later in this week and the weekend. But this has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. Go have yourselves a Wednesday. And until next time, go Phils. Go Phils.